What's up, guys? This is uh, Chad Robo Show with the Robo Show, and uh, I'm super excited today because I'm here with uh, my son, Hunter Robo Show, uh, another Robo for the Robo Show. That's right. And uh, it's, uh, it's it's really exciting because um, we we uh, not only is Hunter my son, but he's also a third generation Marine. My father's a Marine. Uh, you heard me say many times. An infantry Marine, and then I, I was a, served as a force recon Marine, and then Hunter uh, was our, served, ended up serving as an Anglico Marine, and then our, his younger brother, which my youngest son, Hayden, is a Marine as well right now, going about to go through his MLS school. Hunter served as a Anglico Marine, which for those who don't know, is Anglico's Air Naval Gunfire Liaison Company. Uh, one of the bits of the advice that he took that I gave was, he's like, what should I do in the Marine Corps? And, it's like Anglico. It's a good good job for. Him. I thought it was a good fit for him, and he loved it. And uh, he uh, he even got to go to Afghanistan, which was his first deployment. Uh, for me, it was it was my ninth deployment. My first eight were super easy because it was me. And then as a dad, sending your son to Afghanistan was not easy. It was tough. And uh, but uh, he made me super proud. Um, got reports from some of my friends who were, were involved in his unit that uh, was able to let me know what was going on and and how he was doing and and. Uh, brag about him a little bit it's pretty cool it's a weird experience uh in addition to that he's also a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt i could validate that because i tied it on myself made him uh made him wait how long do you wait uh a long time <laughs> 20 yeah. 21 years 21 years of uh, on the mats before he got his black belt and he just had to we just both competed last night in sub hunter pro uh showdown in, in houston uh pro jiu-jitsu tournament uh uh, match and we both competed last night and he uh he did his first black belt match against a pretty seasoned black belt and uh and uh, he took on a, he took a tough match on his first match and ended up pulling a draw but performed really well uh in my opinion you know it was sub only so he couldn't win but in my opinion it would have he would have won in a point points match which you know, we don't know because it wasn't a points match so yeah. but uh he just looked really good i was super proud and uh yeah so in the uh, last thing um your job, you work for Mighty Oaks now. We work together, um, and uh, just I enjoy doing life with you. I love being your your dad. One of the greatest gifts that God's blessed me with, but I also love working with you and just getting to spend a lot of time with you. So, uh, tell us for your. I, I kind of gave a big intro, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, it's pretty cool um, having a Robo show. Uh, never thought I would be on a podcast, let alone a. The Robo Podcast is pretty <laughs> awesome, but uh, yeah, guys, um, I'm obviously Hunter Robo Show. Uh, I grew up around the Marine Corps, so knowing what the Marine Corps is like and growing up around it, I wanted I wanted a piece of that cake. I wanted to join the world's uh, finest and best gun club. So uh, from a little kid, I, I knew that that was my goal in life was to be a United States Marine. So growing up, I uh, I definitely try to get myself ready for that. And I got really into wrestling and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Started wrestling when I was three and then jiu-jitsu when I was four. And I was, uh, by the time I was about four and a half, five years old, I was doing uh, competitions. And um, these weren't just little competitions. These were Colorado State Championships. And I was going after titles. And I did that all the way up until I joined the Marine Corps. And I joined the Marine Corps uh, at the beginning of 2015. And uh, that was... I felt like that was awesome. I felt like that was the goal that I set, and I and I accomplished that goal. And uh, I joined the Marine Corps Reserves. So when I got done with all my training, I uh, became I was awarded with the 
my job, which was a 0861 Ford Observer. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a Ford Observer is, um, I basically control artillery, uh, naval guns, and in my unit, Anglico, we specialize in close air support. So that was what I was trained to do, and I absolutely loved my job. Um, I can look back at it now and say I have absolutely no regrets of choosing the job uh, that I was able to do in the Marine Corps. Uh, I checked in with 3rd Anglico Air Naval Gunfire Liaison Company, and uh, I had a good friend there uh, that actually came through Mighty Oaks, uh, Shep. And Shep was uh, this salty gunny that was there, and he was always trying to trying to push me um, to be the best possible um, Anglican that I could be. And uh, the, one of the very first uh, training events that I had at my unit, he asked me what was the max burn time for an alum round, and I didn't know. And he asked me in front of all of my command, and all of them just scorched me for it. But I remember that's the day that I knew, like, I was expected to know my job and how to do it right. And uh, looking back at that, I look at how I can implement that into my life. And there's so many things that you have to know in life and, and, and know that you can be wrong sometimes, but you've got to learn from your mistakes. So looking back at all this incredible leadership I've had in the Marine Corps, that was something that I, that I wanted, that brotherhood and that leadership. And then I finally was able to, to uh, deploy to Afghanistan. Um, I, I deployed to uh, northeastern Afghanistan in uh, Parwan province. I was uh, part of the Georgian liaison team, Road 09. And we were able to... Uh, Which is uh, just wor working with the Georgians. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so we were embedded with the Georgians. And basically, we were in, in charge of all of their fire support. Uh, so obviously, we're in Afghanistan, so we didn't have any naval gunfire. There's no ships out there. So we had a whole lot of aircraft and a little bit of artillery. So we had some howitzers, some 105s, and then we had F-16s, Apaches, A-10s, some cool stuff out there working with us and some drones that I'm not going to get into because there are all kinds of crazy numbers and letters. But uh, yeah, we actually got to do quite a bit of work over, over in Parwan and it was a great time. I, get, I definitely got to learn a lot about myself and my team, about how an Anglico team operates in combat compared to what it's like on the, the home side where you're training and you're just kind of sitting around just doing these, these uh, close air support missions on 29 Palms and Camp Pendleton or Lejeune and actually getting out there in the field and actually seeing that Apache come over your head and put some rounds on target and that F-16 up in the air, dropping flares and coming in at 500 feet AGL and doing a, a gun run. It's, abs it's absolutely insane. And looking back at that now, I'm like, man, like that is so awesome that they allowed a 21-year-old kid, because I was a kid, <laughs> like allowing this 21-year-old kid to go there and have the hooks with an F-16 or an A-10, this multi-million dollar jet and putting that into the trust of a 21-year-old and having that JTAC basically telling you, hey, I'm tired right now and I'm bored. I need to control this aircraft. It's an absolute like, mind-blower to think that I was able to do what I was able to do. Um, it, was, it was a fun deployment. I'm not going to say it was an easy deployment because uh, I don't think any deployment to a combat zone can be easy. You're going to face uh, hardships such as... Uh, people uh, dying and you're gonna see things that are, uh, that are hard to see. But I am grateful for the opportunity to serve my country and to make the brotherhood 
and the friendships that I was able to make, not only with my fellow Marines, but with the Georgians. I love how Green Berets get to go operate with foreign militaries, and they form these relationships with guys that are fighting for their country. And that's kind of, Anglico obviously isn't the, the same mission as Green Berets. Uh, their missions are, are very sophisticated, and they're very good at their job. Uh, but I feel like Anglico was able to kind of kind of get a piece of that cake, kind of see what Green Berets do and, and work with that foreign military. It was pretty yeah. awesome because we weren't only working with Georgians, we were working with Afghans too. So being able to see these Afghans in Afghanistan and talk to them and talk yeah. to them about the things that they experience in their life. Well, it's a very it's similar pretty- thing. I mean, Green Berets go in, they they embed with the you know foreign for, foreign local or no, local nationals mm-hmm. or whatever host nation they're in and they train them to you know their militias to be war fighters and build this build the government and build the community and build to build the military fighting force and and uh and they work in small teams to do that and you guys you guys work primarily Anglico primarily just goes and provides the fire support capabilities to foreign nationals Exactly. Yeah, we're not gonna let Afghans. <laughs> we're not gonna let Afghans. Yeah. Sorry to all my Afghan friends out there, but we're not giving you a hot mic and letting you call in the F sixteen. Yeah. There's there's <laughs> definitely no cleared hot for an Afghan. Yeah. yeah. No no way. Yeah. yeah so, they're not gonna be dropping a GBU fifty four or anything besides themselves, possibly. <laughs> possibly. That's probably what happened. So yeah. yeah so we, we you know we the Marine Corps. It's just an awesome job in the Marine Corps. I did, I, I, I remember when you're looking at what jobs to do. I thought this would be great for you. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm glad you did it. And then our, you know, your younger brother, Hayden, my, my youngest son, is uh, he's going to crash fire rescue, another cool job. One of the reasons I want, to, want you to come on to do the show is I, I, want, to talk about, I want to talk about the different generations uh, of you, know, you and I. We're, you're my son, so we're 21 years apart. And then uh, you know, Hayden's a few years behind. He's, 20, he's 24 years younger than me. And uh, you, know, we all, you, served, you and I served in the same in the same war in Afghanistan. So uh, I grew up much different than you grew up. Uh, I, I, I can say that pretty accurately because I experienced, <laughs> I experienced you growing up and I experienced me growing up. We grew up very differently. And I think so many, uh, I think as we go on and there's, you know, different cultures and different generations or say, well, you know, I had it harder or you had it easier, but I think it's just not harder or easier. It's just different. Mm. And, uh, and I think they give some pros and cons to the different generations that go into military, uh, today. And so I want to talk to you about some of the, you know, what's some pros, some cons of, uh, of this generation's ability to serve, you know, our nation. Cause we, um, we, we need young men and women to raise their hand and make an oath to serve our nation to protect, you know, our freedoms in America, both foreign and domestic. It's very important that they do that. But it's a very small population that does it. It's only half percent of the military. I mean, only half percent of the U.S. population serves the United States military. And so you take in the best of our culture. I believe it's the best of our culture. Uh, and, and they raise their hand to make an oath to serve, and then they serve. Um, but it seems today like... Like uh, I'm hearing that a lot of them have trouble acclimating from their life as civilian, you know, 18, 17, 18, 20-year-old civilians into being a Marine or an airman or a soldier or a sailor. Um, and then uh, so I hear, I hear that some of them have trouble acclimating. But then also I go down to a place like BRC and watch these young kids graduate, and they're like, like studs like it's incredible and, and someone like you like you said 21 years 21 years old able to you know call in close air support in afghanistan and put bombs on, on targets uh you know and 
I mean, some of those some of those missions, uh, you know, I don't. You and I haven't talked a lot about it, but you know, some of those missions are like danger close missions and stuff. I mean, this is crazy stuff. I was down at Recon Battalion, uh, just a, I was speaking on it first Recon Battalion just a few months ago, and and they were and we were talking about you know, free fall jumping, and I was talking about some of the, the changes and advances, and they're like, yeah, there was this this nineteen year old Lance Corporal who jumped a five hundred pound barrel. Uh, those who don't know about free fall jumping, sometimes you can jump your free fall. You have all your gear, but then sometimes you strap yourself to your to a barrel and called bundle jumping, and uh, and carry it through the sky. This 19 year old kid, that video of him, Lance Corporal jumping at 32,000 feet in the middle of the night with a 500 pound barrel strapped to him. The amount of skill and technique of skydiving that takes is absolutely incredible. And you think. Where do these young kids like this come from? So, yeah, I'm hearing both sides. I'm hearing that some kids aren't cutting it. They're not able to acclimate. And then you hear about kids like, like, and I, I say kids because you, you, if you're <laughs> dropping bombs on targets, you're not a kid. If you're jumping out of an airplane at 32,000 feet with a 500-pound barrel, you're probably not a kid. But you know, young young heroes, where, where you, what do you see? What's, what's the pros and cons that you see? Yeah, so obviously uh, we're in a different time. So the guys – Obviously, that went to World War II, uh, Vietnam. Uh, 2001 <laughs> Afghanistan? 2001 Afghanistan. Totally different. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally different than uh, now the new age, I should say. Uh, what is it? Gen Z is the new. Uh, just, there's I millennial. Just, I just know you guys wear funny clothes like skinny jeans. That's right. Like that. yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so obviously I, I think maturity um, is one of the things that can play into this. Um, Going back to World War II in Vietnam, most of these guys uh, that went into the military were definitely, I think, a little more rough and tough. And, but now we have guys uh, and women that are joining the military that are um, not only rough and tough, but they are also smart. Um, I believe that uh, the United States has definitely um, took a different approach on how children are taught in school all the way through high school and I personally had a rough time in high school like I'm not good with with school but I feel like we have a generation that is currently serving in the United States military that is smart and an example of this is technology so the Marine Corps um, has and not just the Marine Corps but the entire military itself has uh, definitely upgraded a lot of our stuff for uh, for technology. So we have stuff that works with aircraft, and it goes into a tablet. And you're looking at this tablet, and I'm not going to get too much into this, but if you were to take a guy that joined the Marine Corps in two, uh, 2001 or 2003 and say, hey, I need you to work this tablet, he's going to be like, what is this thing? How do I work this? Yeah, I have trouble working my iPhone. Exactly. You guys are, you guys yeah. are using tablets to e call an aircraft. Exactly. So now... Aircraft. You have a 19-year-old that's working in the in FDC or FSCC uh, for artillery. What's, what's that? So fire fire direction center. All right. So you have this computer, and this guy's inputting all the stuff into his computer and sending it to the gun line. If obviously they were doing this back in the day, but now there's so much technology involved in everything. It's faster. It's faster, yeah. exactly, yeah. and it's more accurate, and it protects uh, the observer on the hill from getting uh, rounds on his position. And it's, it's amazing to see how much technology can help on the battlefield. 
And I think our younger generation, that's going to be... They have the ability to, to implement that technology. Yeah, the Cave, ability... Cavemen like me can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's pretty awesome to see this generation that was playing Xbox probably six months ago, and now they're in Afghanistan controlling drones. All right, drones are a huge thing we're using right now because you don't have to put boots on the ground. You can have a kid in a box in Nevada flying this drone, dropping bombs, land it back in some Middle Eastern country, and he goes back home. It's a video game to them. So you have these kids that know how to use their technology, and it's so effective. And I, going back to that, it's them, them being smart, them knowing how to use that. This episode of The Robo Show is brought to you by iron-neck.com. Iron Neck is uh, the world's number one neck strengthening device. You guys don't know, in uh, 2006... I was in Afghanistan and uh, broke my neck. And uh, if you want to read about how, that story, a crazy story of how I broke my neck, uh, it's in my book, An Unfair Advantage. You can go and check it out. But coming back from Afghanistan, uh, after that's when I had all my big MMA fights and my neck. And the VA wanted to do fusion, and I refused to do fusion, and I just opted to just strengthen my neck, keep my neck strong. Uh, so since, man, all these years fighting through all my fights and MMA and jiu-jitsu, I've always been very important that I keep the muscles of my neck strong because the, the bones in my neck are broken off, and so I don't have that stability. And so neck strengthening has always been a very important thing to me. I've always just improvised ways to do it, using body weight, using different kind of improvised things that I'd make up. But now uh, I don't have to do that anymore because I have an, an iron neck uh, device, which helps me to... Uh, not only strengthen my neck, but uh, but do it in a safe way. The, the way the device works is that you know it's it, it's on a rotator, so it as you move your neck, the rote the point of uh, where the tension is actually moves uh, around your head, and so super uh, effective and safe way to strengthen your neck. And whether you have a neck injury or not, I think in uh, in sports or just in, in in life, it's really important to have a good strong. Uh, neck. If your neck's strong, your hips are strong, your body's going to be strong. And so check it out, iron-neck.com. If you enter promo code ROBYSHOW, uh, R-O-B-I-C-H-A-U-X, my last name, you'll get 10% off. And uh, I'm really doing this because I, I love it myself and I want everybody out there, especially those with bad necks, to be able to take care of themselves. And so I really thought it was a great product to push out and partner with. And uh, these guys are pretty awesome. They're a Texas-based company, iron-neck.com. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide, with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. 
Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is mightyoaksprograms.org. Yeah, because uh, you can be a grumpy old guy like me and look at it and say, like, I grew up, like, I didn't, I went home in the, I went home as a kid when the streetlights came on. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and uh, it wasn't a time or anything like that. And I didn't, we didn't have to worry about you know, kidnappings and, okay, I mean, just, and just went out and caused ruckus, beat up each other in fist fights and built stuff in the, in the woods and that kind of thing. And when you guys grew up, we were like, I mean, not that we sheltered you guys and let you guys have a rough, rough childhood too but i mean there was definitely some uh some sheltering as far as like making sure you guys were safe and mm-hmm. i mean you I even made wear a bicycle helmet which think think <laughs> like uh, i mean i didn't know anything about bicycle helmet when i was a kid like and so yeah. like i think we just look at your generation as like soft you know if we're just being honest like i think people from my generation look at your generation as like softer weaker more sheltered um maybe maybe even entitled because culture is different now things mm-hmm. come a little bit easier well i and, can uh, i can get into this and and prove that <clears throat> like i know some people say my generation is soft but i have seen um marines my age in combat um operate in a way that was not soft um i had a marine he's a really really close friend of mine um he got in a shooting while we were in afghanistan and the amount of courage and ferociousness that is needed to survive on the battlefield was uh, like no other I've ever seen before. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell the combat story, but seeing that Marine operate, I knew that there is no difference between how a Marine operates right now compared to a, how a Marine operated in World War II. Yeah. Because when you go to combat, combat is not pretty. You see things that are not pretty. So you have to operate to survive. And I was able to see that Marine grow up and save his fellow Marines and do a selfless act, and he ultimately saved the day. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm familiar with that Marine, too, and I'm super proud, super proud of him. You know, uh, you know I, that's what I said. I think a lot of people, like from my generation, say that. But I think it's a mistake, and I think what you're saying is exactly right. That's because I've seen, I mean— just read some of the citations of what you know na- these Navy Cross citations that come out, and some of the Bella Valor citations is just it's crazy uh, acts of heroism. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things I was I was thinking as we were pe- prepping for this is is uh, wow, you know, I grew up in a time where you know we didn't have all the rules and safety and all that stuff. You grew up in a time where uh, sports in America is like very organized sports, and um, and I, I think. I think organized sports are a really good thing. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're in Texas right now, and, man, the way they take sports so serious. Oh, yeah, don't mess with football. <laughs> yeah. Or baseball. <laughs> yeah, I, remember, I remember one time we were – and I was in Afghanistan, and, mom, and mom, mom called me in Afghanistan, and she's all upset because they yelled at, they yelled at you and kicked off the, the field of baseball. And uh, what had happened was you – uh, you had never played before. They put you out there, and and uh, you, you had wrestled. That's and right. So you come out to yep. Texas and doing baseball, and somebody hit a hit a first base hit, and you just ran. You just dropped your glove and done double leg takedown. Tackle. Yeah. All I knew <laughs> was to uh, not let them get to first base, and uh, the only standing, yeah, the only thing between me and him was my double leg. So, 
<laughs> yeah, mom yep. called me all upset because it's like they they were saying he didn't know what he was doing and kicked them off. I'm like, did he oh. get did he get two did he get a takedown? Was it get two points? <laughs> yeah, they take their sports serious here, but I, but I think like organized sports in general make a when kids participate in that they become more coachable kids and more mm. trainable kids, and uh, and I was I was um, I, I just I was a guest speaker at. Uh, basic recon course graduation and I was like looking at all these guys graduating and you know I got to I got to hand uh, being a guest speaker uh, I gave my speech and I got to hand all the certificates to the new recon marines and shake their hands and all of them had a just like meaty hands you know just graduated at BRC their hands are just strong and all chafed still from the ocean from being in the ocean for so long and, and I remember thinking like these guys are studs like they, they're like all athletes and uh, and and, um, and I was you know, a lot different when I graduated BRC. I graduated BRC up broken, man. They broke me down. Uh, they did not. I, w- I went there running a 1633 mile and graduated like a 21 minute three mile. They like literally broke me. Uh, now you graduate BRC and you're they build you up. You make you stronger. I mean, it's just as hard, if not if not even harder. But but uh, but it's just a good program. And uh, I was talking to you know one of the main instructors there, a buddy of mine, and he said uh, he said a lot of these kids just grew up and grew up as athletes. And they uh, and they're conditioned to be coached, and uh, when they when they take that approach as a as an instructor at these schools, they and they take the coaching approach. The kids the kids these days really respond to that well, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're able to produce you know some solid solid operators, recon marines. Yeah, yeah. And so and I know you you know been in sports, been coached yeah. since you were. I was one of your coaches since I, you were four. I think uh, a big part of being involved in. Um, not only combat sports, but uh, baseball, football, you obviously learn how to work as a team. Um, And I think that's something uh, that's huge in the Marine Corps is you have to be humble and you have to be selfless. And just like uh, I I can't say because I have never played football um, or baseball. We all know how my baseball career went. Yep, (laughs) uh, Played for the Padres uh, back in 04. (laughs) Um, But yeah, obviously uh, you learn how to work as a team and uh, operate as a team and that's something yeah. that's needed in the Marine Corps yeah, yeah team. Uh, sports brings team team atmosphere and team concept and play mm-hmm. well awesome uh, I uh, I mean we could go we continue on this we could, we could banter back and forth and video games are good for uh, for kids or not but uh, I think I think you've uh, you might win the argument with uh, the fact that Video games give some kids some sense of uh, use of yeah. technology. They say all the uh, <laughs> Apache pilots right now, uh, the best Apache pilots are the guys that played like all the Call of Duty games because when you're up in the cockpit of an Apache using the gun, they say it's like a video game. <laughs> so yeah. I, I can't attest to that because I've never been in the cockpit of an Apache using uh, one of their guns, but hey, they're good pilots. I still don't like them. I think they're a waste of your time. If you're playing video games, <laughs> put, it da- put it down, go outside. That's right. Uh, kill, yeah. kill something, build something. Yep. Do something productive. Get off the video game. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely not here saying go play video games. Get out. Get outside and enjoy nature. Um, but, no, but I guess uh, there, there is something to be said about the about the acclimation technology, though. Exactly. So, well, hey, um, any, anything you anything we missed? Anything you want to add? Uh, no, I would say uh, our generation, the generation that's currently in the Marine Corps and getting into the Marine Corps, guys that were born after 9/11. Those are the guys that are in the Marine Corps right now. Those are the guys that are going to be fighting our next big war. And Isn't that crazy? That's so G- crazy. Guys, guys are fighting a war and retaliation for something that happened before they were born. So we, we, something we did wrong that we're not out of there yet. I mean, uh, we, we, 
I'm all about a. I, I, by the way, I, I say that and say I fully support thousand percent any any of our men and women that are out there deployed right now in Afghanistan. Um, but I, I challenge those in Washington D.C. Uh, the motivation of us still being there. Mm. It's uh, it's you know for us you you being my son and us both are served in the same war in the same in the same uh, combat theater for the same reasons is uh too long in my opinion yeah time to time to bring these guys home um before we get off uh i want to make sure we, we didn't really talk about it where you work right now yeah so um after that deployment get home and uh i was uh you went to bible college too, yeah so i went to bible college for uh two years uh calvary chapel bible college in marietta california and uh, didn't complete it, but definitely that was something I needed in my life. And that was something that drew me closer to the Lord and uh, solidified my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I knew from that moment on that I would somehow, in some way, shape, or form, be involved in ministry. At that time, I was uh, interning for Mighty Oaks. I wasn't the best intern, I'll say that publicly. Um, but uh, I had a guy, uh, two guys, Brandon Kunith and Chris Carlisle, definitely pushing me. Um, daily to work hard and uh unfortunately we lost chris um a few years ago uh in a motorcycle accident um but i knew that i wanted his legacy to live on somehow so i was like all right when i get home i have this calling to go into ministry so i started working for mighty oaks and uh i i started working for uh the basically donations team and i was a community outreach coordinator well things got good and um I got promoted last year uh, to the donor relations manager, and uh, I, I absolutely love my job. I get to work. Uh, I get to make calls to people. I get to uh, be that one-on-one -on -one connection um, from Mighty Oaks to our donors, and it's such a blessing to be in a position where I can say I love my job. I don't have to dread waking up every morning, going into my office and be like, dang, now I just got to go work. I absolutely love it because I get to see the change in men and women's lives that come through Mighty Oaks through a relationship with Jesus Christ because that is what I have personally seen and that is what I know is true is that every man or woman that has a relationship with Jesus Christ will find hope and restoration. And I'm not saying your life will be easy, but I am saying that you are going to have a life that is fulfilled. Yeah, and ultimately, that's where you'll find your purpose. You can yeah. be, yep. If you have a relationship with the Creator, you can be who you're actually created to be. Yeah, and that's what it's. Uh, so it's awesome you talk about Mighty Oaks that way. Um, I'm super proud of you. Um, by the way, for those that don't know about Mighty Oaks Foundation, Mighty Oaks Warrior Programs, go to MightyOaksPrograms.org. Learn more about it. We do uh, recovery programs. We have uh, five different ranches around the country. Uh, we're on 30 camps a year that are six days long uh, for active duty warriors, veterans, and spouses. Uh, first responders as well. We do everything for free, including travel. We've had 4,000 graduates in the last 10 years, but now we're doing about 1,000 a year. Um, so uh, if you're interested in applying, uh, you can apply, and uh, we'll get you in a program. Again, we're doing 30 of them a year. Um, if you're interested in helping, it, well, it's free for them. It's not free for us. Exactly. And <laughs> so uh, we, we pay like $2,500 per person, so we have a scholarship fund. That's one of the things Hunter's yeah. over. You could, even, you could email Hunter uh, through our website, mightyoaksprograms.org, or you can make a donation on, online and uh, learn more how to support that. One of the other things we do, and I'm, I'm doing it this week, I'm going to 7th, 7th Special Forces Group 
and uh, speak to the active duty warriors there uh, on resiliency. And we've spoken to over 150,000 active duty troops doing that, gave, gave away about 100,000 copies of our books. Um, so, um, and then we do a lot of stuff for policy, make sure we have the right policy for our veterans care. So uh, you'll hear us from time to time on the show talk about Mighty Oaks because uh, it's near and dear to my heart. It's what I exist on this planet to do, I believe, at this point in my life. And uh, yeah. super, super happy you and our, our team there do it. And uh, no favors uh, with the, nep- the family, nep- no nepotism of the family favors there. Yeah. Uh, you have to, uh, Hunter does work directly for me. He, he, we, uh, we have an amazing team at Mighty Oaks and they would do some amazing things. I'm super, super happy to have Hunter on board. Uh, well, uh, Hunter is on social media, so anybody wants to follow him or reach out to him, he's yep. on uh, Instagram. Hunter Robo 0861. That's my Instagram. And then uh, if anybody, Wants to get a hold of me uh, through email. My email is hunter at mightyoaksprograms.org. Outstanding. All right, man. Love you. Great to have you on. Love you, Dad. And uh, maybe one day we'll have me, you, and Hayden on here. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Hayden just uh in the rain, and yeah. now he's about to go to Craft Fire Rescue School. It would be cool one day to do that. Get him for the next generation. Yeah. Podcast. <laughs> younger, younger. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. God bless.